and welcome to the HBM podcast. I am the embodiment of a failed father figure, and today I'm joined by not Frank. Not Frank, how are you doing? Well, this is a this is stick up. Uh, we're <laughs> commandeering this podcast uh, uh, back for every time I get every time it, the video games get mentioned, um, it becomes re commandeered by the black flag of the gamer podcast. Uh, no, I, oh hell yeah, I, I am not Frank. But their wonderful American friend, Kyle, um, who could not be happier to be here to discuss a very interesting property that has been, that has found itself in front of people's feeds recently, um, if I recall correctly. The uh, Home Broadcasting Organization has produced a series, I think. Yeah, it's, um, we are talking about The Last of Us. And for those who, well, everyone knows Kyle from the illustrious podcast that is this podcast uh we we talked about love death robots that's Cal. Cal's the first recurring person except for me and frank obviously person mm. on this podcast uh that's because frank doesn't like horror frank didn't want to and is extremely dispassionate <laughs> about the last of us which is what we're talking about and i was like well if you can't get frank get the only other person this was the other intro by the way the only other person that i know besides myself that has played and finished far cry prime <laughs> Cal <laughs> and I have a like a comparable like like think two thirds three fourths of a brain bug. We're not yeah. identical, but we have quite there's quite a Venn diagram. There's a lot of overlap. Both, yeah, and we both like hate love Call of Duty for some reason. Yep. I don't. I don't. I'm, I manage to restrain myself, which is where the difference comes in. I do restrain myself with uh, with the Call of Duty, but uh, it, I I hate I hate to admit it how how sadly good it feels to fire a gun in a game i don't even like guns but it's i i get it i get that that's like one third of their budget but still <laughs> that, that's there's something there's some really odd like uh there i say brain parasite uh if, if, if you will about uh about that oh yeah um you might also know Carl from the only man that i know that legitimately invited mc hammer on his podcast to talk about foucault he was reading Discipline and Punish. He's like a theory. He's like a theory head. I was trying to get him to come it's, on Horror Vanguard, um, trying to use that as a uh, as a bridge. Um, I think they tried to get him on Acid Horizon too, and he never. He never. His people never reached out, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, Christ, Mr. Yeah, ha- yeah. I remember Mr. Hammer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> please come I am, on. My I am actually serious. <laughs> <Yeah>. Please. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh Christ. Yeah, the so we got the one and only smarter and more handsome version of Nath Flanders on this very podcast to talk about Last of Us. Um, oh, sorry, the HBO show, by the way. <laughs> We're talking about the HBO show, sure. not the video game. Um, although, probably, I'm going to talk about both. Sure. Um, once again, Frank's severe disinterest in either horror and... Well, not disinterest in horror, that's unfair, I'm sorry, Frank. But um, Frank does not care about The Last of yes. Us, so there, therefore... I might as well talk about the video game. We we are entering a new adaptation era. We are somewhat exiting the fantasy comic book adaptation yeah. stuff. I think we have milked that dry. And what better successor to those two illustrious, empty, vacant, morally vacant, this lab- these laboratories of disenfranchisement uh, than fucking video games? <laughs> what better inheritor than that? That's for um, fucking sure. As of right now, there are a couple of greenlit properties, uh, and I predict, based on the 
considerable success of The Last of Us. Uh, there's going to be a couple more. Yeah. Have not heard a whole lot about that, but once again, the big one is God of War. That's going to get a, its own TV show for Amazon TV. They're, why? I don't know. They're making a. Fi- we, we don't ask why anymore. They're making a Five Nights okay. at Freddy's movie. There, we're not. We we're, oh. we've gone so far beyond why, mostly because we know the answer. Whatever will make yeah. however amount of money that is necessary for people to continue to be studio big studio executives or whatever. It will. You know, there's going to be a Street Fighter movie. There's going to be a Space Invaders movie. There's going to be a Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon movie in the year of our oh, Lord, 2023. Oh, yeah, I can't fucking wait. I'm going to watch every frame <laughs> of Tom Clancy. We all know, speaking of brain worms, we know that I've read Tom Clancy novels. Um, I love Reacher. Uh Ooh. Yeah, I don't, like, yeah. There's. It's going to be very powerful when the saints row movie finally <laughs> comes out that's another real one oh, yeah. that's another one the that... movies <laughs> movies we've had for a while right yeah that's that's, that's that's true so that that but series like once again yeah they're the the these don't feel in my humble opinion and i don't think once again we can debate like the intricacies of this but these don't feel like generic cash grabs. I mean, they are. I mean, everything under capitalism, of course, if you really want to get into it, is a generic cash grab, or at least the cash grab mm-hmm. element is unescapable mm-hmm. and is all present and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. But I I don't feel this is necessary. Like, there seems to be some sincerity mm-hmm. involved here and there about not just a cheap marketing stunt. And the series is also commitment, like at least multi-seasonal. The intent yeah. is, is like, you know, is there. Yeah, I mean, the, like, what's interesting about the last of us, you're right in that, like, te- it's not, like, television hasn't proven itself to be, like, a good grounding medium for adapting video games, and they're more, like, the best, the way that people have come to adapt video games into films has been pretty wild, pretty wild and all over the place for, it was for at least for a really long time, like, think about the difference between the Super Mario Brothers movie that came out this year and the original <laughs> Super Mario Brothers movie starring, uh, um, uh, um, a- ally, John Totoro, uh, uh, yeah. friend and ally to queer people everywhere, as we've learned recently, um, no, uh, I, uh, um, unlike Chris Beth. <laughs> That guy has. I could, I could smell the evangelical on him the first time I saw oh, him yeah. on Parks and Recreation. I'm like, look, he has a Taylor acoustic guitar. He's an evangelical Christian. I can tell. But uh, he's part of some kind of like not Scientology, but like Scientology light church, I believe. I know he. I, what it is. I know he's a Christian who has was been close to this certain like a, like mega church pastors in the past who are like just they're just. It's like it's like hyper capitalistic evangelical Christianity. These the, the churches are huge with thousands and thousands of people. Oftentimes, like it's a church like Hillsong in Australia, where like celebrities go there mm-hmm. and mingle or whatever. But um, re- video game adaptations, though, <laughs> uh, they're the t- the t- the TV thing. Like like it makes sense for it to have been sort of a barrier before the stream on on. In, in two instances, one, the barriers to producing that type of stuff before streaming um, has become a thing. Um, uh, and also the uh, um, 
like games have more plot now i mean like 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 oh yeah you know dragon quest had plot like you know the original the early final fantasy games and like there was all this like like the like i mean they they made video they were making video games out of books before or out of like like out of like science fiction and stuff before like you know like this so it's not to say that like games never had story but like this sort of like cinematic mode as we know it now is this like you know post ps2 kind of like like the last of us was remarkable in its like attempt to like the playable movie as people kind of call it it really like because it's all the all the mocap stuff and the performances being like the 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 voice good yeah exactly honestly yeah like (laughs) they were all connected to each other and they felt like they didn't feel like these separate elements that were sort of artificially pieced together but you could tell that they were created in a mode that allowed them to like actually be successful so the like all of a sudden you're enjoying yourself when you're watching cutscenes rather than just like trying to extract the plot or just observing them or whatever you're it, it it makes the the participatory aspect of video games take on this really I think kind of like interesting quality that made people want more and it may, and making a TV show out of it. Honestly, it always made sense. People are like, Oh yeah, no shit. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, it took a couple, it took a decade. So yeah. it's, it's not nothing. It, you did touch upon like the thing that I, uh, once again, would credit as to what is special about last of us, the video game in, released in 2013. I want to say professional podcast. Doesn't matter. Just Google it. I don't care. Um, it's, 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 um, fuck, I do care, don't worry. Sorry, oh, we sorry. all, do, we all, but, we all do, we all do, that's why I'm clicking. But, all right, 2013, you were right, you were, see, you were okay. right, yeah, you were vindicated because yeah. you were right in the first place. Yes, see, it's, it's, I, I knew it, mm-hmm. but uh, at some, some subconscious level, um, the, the mushroom stays with you, no matter what happens. But the, but you're right, I, I think two things are very important. It is A, the success in overall quality. Uh, the dialogue makes sense, which is not always the case. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is, oh, okay, noting that for another episode. <laughs> but um, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's a fountain of content. Yes, that's true. But uh, other than that, it, the, the dialogue makes sense. The plot relatively makes sense. And the, like the mocap and the voice acting is, you know, A tier. Yep. It's it's great. And so that that really got going for it. But indeed, uh, I, once again, fully agree with the notion that the game wanted to be some kind of once again a movie Mm -hmm. um but also not i guess but i do think it doesn't just want to be a movie but it was particularly inspired by what we uh once again i don't necessarily like this terminology but generally we like to call prestige tv Mm -hmm. this type of captivating emotionally over-reliance on pathos in my humble opinion oh often that's that's yeah yeah okay so technically subjective because over reliance is a value judgment on my part or taste judgment on my part but i think you're right i think you're i think you're right though yeah. a, t- a tendency to uh over emotionalize and sometimes sentimentalize it can be mod maudlin in prestige yeah. you know, or if it's not maudlin because it's not sentimental in, in, in its emotional center then it's excessive it push it it has a tendency to push those things to their extremes for better and often worse uh, I actually, I very yeah. much agree. And, and this is this is fine, uh, lest it not always be plagued by the specter, another hunting specter, if you will, of people building up this cultural 
non <laughs> okay non gamer perception it, it, which which do exist <laughs> radical radical like um, like empirical metaphysics here by insinuating that non gamer percept- perceptives exist it's so brave of you they, yeah no, right because <laughs> you know NPCs do have uh, that's, 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 but in all seriousness, but this this build up of like oh video games are silly and then gamers immediately like like instantaneously like like quantum mechanics fast like popping into existence going being the worst person they could possibly yeah. be and like dragging that other person down that is not nice to video games yeah definitely which not. once again I I disagree with the person that's not nice about video games I think it's a slightly chauvinist elitist opinion that it doesn't hold much water and it's also always profoundly sad from a place of ignorance of severe lack of observation and because once again they can't name a video game about like oh that's this video game is wrong because this and this that because they don't play them and once again you don't have to like video games i couldn't care less but it's (laughs) but i do despise gamers immediately like like an electron somewhere in the universe popping into existence, like actually, and then just sending death threats. Yeah, just, like just zero to hundred. Just, just don't. Just right be away. fucking annoying. There's a huge quality yeah. in like being cool, man. You know the you know the the ontology of just being cool, man, is is one of the most valuable things that anyone, gamers included. Yeah. I do believe that gamers <laughs> are capable of learning social skills. That it is so yeah. worth it is so worth practicing. Just being like, oh, you know. Like it's so it's such a good idea to be able to get the enough distance from culture to be able to actually feel like you're observing it, whether you like it or not. There's a reason why I can sit like I've seen three seasons of SEAL Team on CBS, a show that my exclusively watched by men exactly like my father is because it has like it speaks so much. But the problem with the problem with gamers, as as we all know is that there's this sort of reactive tendency to like you know don your fedora and your sword and like leave the corporation alone and it's just like nah we're all dorks for whatever like the 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 defensive posture isn't cute at all yeah (laughs) i I forgot which i should have should have searched this up but or looked this up but there was this politician once again this this happens every so often but there's a particular politician that got like the most flack for it i some senator was like yeah video games bad a video games violent and the gamers like <laughs> blessed their little little weird weird little weird little brains wasted absolutely no time like immediately death threats yeah like, immediately <laughs> like let's just let's just slide in and prove him right like instantaneously <laughs> like it's not name a group I, I love it so much name a group with less self with any much less self-awareness <laughs> than like, gamers no tactile yeah it's it's it's, it's beautiful it's so really it's, it's very funny yeah i have an entire yeah. podcast about it like, <laughs> yeah, go listen to A Gap, everyone. It's, a link back. in the description. A Gap's back. Yeah, yeah. Everyone should check the Patreon and the latest episode if they can. It's worth it. I'm sure I haven't listened to it yet. I just subscribed, but I'm 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 putting I'm wagering a part of my soul on cost quality. We're, we're do, well. That's very kind of you. And also, you oh, know, it's obviously. you know it's good because we're talking about Do Not Feed the Monkeys, which is a really, really, really good game. A very good game. Oh hell yeah. It's a but video games. That's right. <laughs> now being adapted, and 
I think a main critique about that, uh, I know Frank wants me to mention, so I'm contractually obligated <laughs> to say this now, um, is if, uh, Last of Us is a video game that is at risk of forgetting that it is a video game mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Whereas God of War is not. It's, it always remembers it is a video game, but it, it arguably has the same tremendous over-reliance on pathos, mm. I would argue. There is a lot of psychological interesting subtext in both games, Last of Us and God of War. Mm -hmm. Uh, once again, I know a little bit about psychology, and I once again have a psych psychologist friend who plays those games and loves them, and like, like spoon fed me very fine uh, cuisine, like Frank this did with uh, what's the other guy, Ron Swanson. Um, that's, just, that's his name now. I forgot. Nick Offerman. Uh, yeah, but what's his name in the Frank and Bob Bill Roberts? Bill, Bill. Yeah. I know it was like. Yeah. Like American. American. Um some so some bullshit like Bill or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> some shorting version of a longer name like William. Yeah. My uh, grandpa's name but, is um, Bill. <laughs> okay. Oh that's yeah, that's great. Um not not judging. No, it's um no but all seriousness. It's and it's it's interesting how this H especially HBO is so very interesting that HBO picked this one up because we almost are entering and feel free to slap me on the wrist here, Kyle, but we're almost entering this degeneration of meaning slightly with Le Last of Us being inspired by HBO shows and is now cranked out to be the HBO show. Mm -hmm. I feel like once again, I don't necessarily, uh, a lot of asterisks around degeneration of meaning, but I don't necessarily feel the need to get into it. But it is funny that we are now at the stage where there are video games clearly inspired by like this 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 gravitas of Sopranos, uh, The Wire, mm -hmm. I think, and like a bunch of other HBO shows, and um, and is is now like you know it is now <laughs> becoming adapted as an HBO show, and I feel I should feel stronger about that one way or another, but I don't. I yeah. feel very little. Yeah, like like who the like first of all who the fuck cares like. Second yeah. of all, the, the, like this is it's this is a like that's just that's just that's just usefully descriptive of the fun the current function of culture, which oh, yeah. is different than previous functions of culture, but like at, at the same time, what what's most? I mean, what, what really really like? It's do do you want a a a closer understanding of the part the social plane on which get, is giving rise to the culture or do we want to like advocate for a particular a, a, advocate for a particular process and like well yeah i'm all for advocating for particular processes but like i don't think the way to do that is to it, try and moralize moralizing around these ideas has always been very confusing to me again something that gamers are really good at doing is moralizing oh, oh. around something <laughs> as incredibly important our our very prestigious little club here of gamers yeah um like the biggest entertainment per revenue sector that exists but that's fine yeah exactly which they ironically also love to bring up yeah like on the one hand has so yeah. Sorry, go on. No, but exactly. On the one hand, it's so discreet and exclusive, but then on the other hand, it's also popular and it's important that you need to pay attention to it. It's like, well, motherfucker, you know, the latter thing, the current like, I, I don't know, you know, we yeah, we we can do like some like my, macro like bird's eye <laughs> view over just like what are the implications of like 
the persistence of something of capitalist realism or whatever and its effect on the production of video games via technology or storytelling or whatever those are all very interesting ideas i would say but what we're getting at here is how it's it's just it's it's descriptively important and i don't don't know it's just fucking useful to know how things are made and like like why like why they are that way i don't know what i'm trying to say definitely it's 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 very interesting because it in so many ways it's uh, well, it's emblematic once again. Everyone has now their own streaming service. Every big giant in every big fish in the pond has their and the smaller fish has as well. Fucking Paramount Plus has its own fucking thing. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know what what's on there. Um, never mind. No, it's, that's too mean spirited. Comedy Central, Paramount I, Plus. It's CBS. Um, Paramount is the parent company of MT, MTV and oh, MTV. MTV, yes, the Halo series, the Star Trek stuff, and also the most important one, something that I talk about a lot, literally on like this podcast, um, (laughs) uh, the contract, yes, Taylor Sheridan's contract is with MTV Productions. There's a reason why all of that Yellowstone and all the offshoots have MTV at at the beginning is because his contract is with MTV. MTV is owned by Paramount, and so all of Taylor Sheridan's bullshit is that's why it's all coming out on Paramount that way oh I, okay so it's interesting for americans i guess um i, I don't think international appeal is, uh, is a bit far off then yeah. in my humble opinion uh, it's um but yeah no uh it's, it's, how could i forget halo is has been a series that's a video game series yep. that wasn't good i have apparently not, i have not um, seen a frame of it um i'm curious I, I'm a little curious. I watched 20 minutes of the first episode. I bet it was bad. And it looked too much like Power Rangers in early 2000s, which is fine. Uh, it was charming back in fucking 2000s. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, it, it, I, Master Chief is a deeply uninteresting character. I don't know yeah. how you're gonna, if we're gonna. Oh, that's uh, yeah, absolutely so Yes, it's, it's, it's deeply. His literal name is John as well. Like, why? Fucking why? And cho- kill me now. It was a weird. Cho- it was a weird choice for an adaptation. Yeah. It's John as well. Like, because oh, we have to name a sci-fi protagonist after an apostle, I guess. I <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, Paul, Luke, uh, Paul Trades from uh, Dune, yeah. uh, Luke Skywalker from Star Wars. So yeah. John, I guess. At least Dune uh, tries to understand that christianity came from the middle east like <laughs> oh i oh god i i can't talk about you i would love to talk about yeah we have to get so sorry i fucking love um, i fucking <laughs> love dune put put that yeah put that in your back pocket i fucking love dune uh, uh, yeah it's i recently reread the frank herbert books mm. um man it's interesting how nosedive each one goes after the one Two and three are interesting, I would argue. Yeah. Four has something going for it. Five and six are... I I have had withdrawal of ADHD medication. I was still not right. <laughs> I would I would be ashamed. Okay, no, no, I can't. I'm so sorry. I can't get it. Okay. So, <laughs> Last of Us huh? uh-huh. has a... Um, like, so, that's a very interesting... Has essentially... It becomes... It's the most pre-packaged video game for adaptation that I can think of. Yeah. And once again, we can. I, I don't have the stamina to get into justification of of, of adaptation. It's an interesting debate. Um, but once again, as an as an anti capitalist, I, I get hung up on like you know 
the, the mechanism surrounding it. And like I said earlier, you always get the cash grab element, and I don't know what to do with that. I don't know how to compute that into meaningfulness and how that affects, to what degree it affects in artistic integrity. Uh-huh. And that's, that's a maze I cannot get out yeah. of. So uh, you go right ahead if you want, Kyle. I'm not trying to tell you what you can do, can, cannot do. I'm just trying to politely say, hey, I don't know about this. Yeah, oh, I, don't, I read so much about it. I, I don't either. Don't like, I don't know yeah. enough about... This is a question from Ash or Horn Vanguard, who has this oh, yeah. keen sense of like of the production side of things um and has just more practice it's a practical set to- <laughs> he literally just sent me a message on whatsapp that's so funny his <laughs> ears were burning um there's a like there's a lot like it's a i was i was just ta- i was just interviewing a really really cool writer um named richard gilman opalski for zero repeater who was talking about we were talking about he writes about philosophy from below which there's history mm-hmm. from below, which is which was a movement of historians around. Um, there's a lot of like the perspective of like I'd be interested to hear the perspective mostly of workers in that industry from like an even broader oh, yeah. sense, um, which is a heavily unionized industry. Um, there's a it should be. yeah. There's a there's a there's a a sense of alienation from there's a there's a, there's a there's a sizable gap a known gap, an insider industry gap between union and non-union production that has comes with all of these uh, caveats for people who work in that industry, which is a a sign of, like, I know things are getting really fucked up in the entertainment industry, like with all things considering how, and I know know everything's becoming computer generated and animated nowadays because that's the portion of the industry that's not unionized. Um, and it's, the working conditions are really shitty. It's the same with games. Like it's like, however, um, like, you know, first of all, you know, there's the text, um, that like so much gives rise to that text, but you know, I guess I'm just trying to say that like, there's, (laughs) there's, there's a good way to do several readings of this. Um, I don't know about the conditions for creating the television series and I got off on a tangent, but I think <laughs> there's like, yeah, well, like where things come from matters. Uh, Definitely. But yeah, um, please unionize if, if, you, if you're yeah. listening uh, and you work in that, in, that, uh, in, that, in, in the TV business or whatever, entertainment business, please unionize. I think there's a writer uh, strike talk about to that The WGA is going to oh, yeah. go out on strike. IATSE made some big wins, um, and they really, they really fucking showed them. Uh, um, yeah, that's a, yeah. it's an important thing. It's an important thing. Definitely. Um, video games. Uh, Sega. Sega is unionized. Yes. I love that. Um, that's exciting. That's the part of Blue Hedgehog is from everyone. That's, that's where Sonic, one of the great temples of gaming. Yes, Sonic. <laughs> Sonic. Can't get into. It's, uh, yeah, so when Sonic series when, Shadow the Hedgehog series when, please, the ultimate life one, when. The gold sitting there waiting for you. Okay, anyway. Have you seen the film? So, Have you seen the films? That's the I've real seen question. one. I haven't seen, seen the Sonic movies yet. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know what I'm waiting for. I did get offended when they changed from the terrifying, yeah, the ugly song. Yeah, I was mad. Yeah, let him be horror. I was mad. Let him just be. I want the original. Yeah. We re- release the original cut. Um, yes, the the ugly uh, Sonic cut. Let's release the with the teeth. <laughs> yes, please. The muscular legs. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, sorry, that was so fucking funny. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I love that. That oh no, I can't get into adaptation. Okay, so have you seen the the Little Mermaid adaptation stuff as well with the fish? How ugly and haunting the fish is. <laughs> they they do look haunted, don't they? Yeah, it's like they are laying. They literally look like they are gasping for air on a fish market or something. It's like uh, it's horrifying. It's gonna be weird. Why. It's gonna be really weird. <laughs> so. That's not how to do adaptation. How to do adaptation, however, it was a hot topic when this series began, Last of Us. Mm. That is, in case you got confused. Um, it's, um, it, was, it got a lot of flack by the first episode, being too true to the original. And that's also like a big thing. Like People have been complaining. We are currently in a climate that is severely um, vocal regarding mm. adaptation, I feel. Mainly, uh, this this aired a couple months or a little bit after. No, no, a, a month I would say after the Lord of Rings TV show, mm. which apparently was not faithful. No, I, I know it wasn't faithful, but yeah, I don't I don't care. No, um, I, also I, I don't. I'm, I had zero expectations of that thing going in. I like Lord of Rings. Sadly, I will admit. I like but, Lord of the Rings uh, too. Not, we both do. Yeah, it's uh, no, it, it's once again. I, I read the Simba Simba Dimidum. And um, it's it's great. Yeah. <laughs> love love the driest mythology that you can spoon feed me, Tolkien. I love it here. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but in all seriousness, it's uh, it wasn't 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 accurate apparently, and um, it got a lot of flack for that. I feel. Um, I mean, not accurate to like lore, not accurate the whole race thing, which is really weird that people get into. And gender, which is also always a big thing, and I don't want to talk about it. It's bad. Uh, let people exist, maybe. I don't know. Stop, stop being. Yes, there's there's wizards. There's there's, yes, dra- there's, there's dragons. There's dragons. Yeah. Shut yeah. the fuck up. Who like? It's so weird. There's dragons. It's, just it's just racist. Fu- yeah, it's, you're just racist. I like so the Peter Jackson movies. Are like there's n- there's let okay let's let's just say like like let's just say there's no reason that every single person in the Peter Jackson movies needed to be white necessarily because the books what? weren't even that specific that's you're going out of your way to be even more specific about one particular thing which is weird man it's weird it's weird who the fuck cares it's a there's magic it's magic yeah Tolkien himself even wrote in one of his letters that he is not that attached to the concept of whiteness. Like, imagine getting out-progressed by a fucking Oxford professor from the fucking... Eight, born in 1800s. Yeah. Fucking... The fuck is... Okay. It's just weird. It's weird, man. People are weird. Yeah. Fuck me. So, so but this, this adaptation was apparently close enough and didn't get a lot of flack. It got flack because it was, like, one for one in some places, which... I feel I don't know why they did that. It feels slightly exhibitionistic. Like, look what we can do. Um, look how faithful we are. Mm. It's, it's like this really weird corporate um, recuperation of virtue signaling. It's fed. It's, it's, it's a little fetishistic, right? Like, yeah, uh, right. It's a little. Te- it's like technology fetishizing itself in a way, I which know. I I would agree. Like, it's not the it's, like 
no one could win when it came to the discussion of ad- adapting The Last of Us, which I think means The Last of Us, which I means I think that means the TV show is the winner, because yeah. it was they they managed to like what I'd actually appreciate about what they managed to do is to strike a strike. Besides, the first episode was very it was sh- it was shot for shot in some places, um, oh, yeah. and I was. I was confused by it um, and yeah. what particularly was relying on what they did after that to set that into context. And I think I like, like now, I mean, the, probably, the first episode probably could have been a little different, but like, it, it, like they did, they did a lot with, they, they either did a lot or very little, but they did it to the cohesion of the plot of, it was already like the last of us as a game is already fairly episodic because you, there are these jumps in time that are very useful demarcations. Oh yeah. They also do that with social space, which is really interesting moving from place to place. Um, but as well as like building to building, I think about like the way that like hospitals and museums represent places in time rather than just like passive objects, which I think is really interesting. Um, that was oh, a, definitely. definitely a success with the game, um, and I think they kind of brought they managed to bring that to life in an interesting way in its transition from its style transition, like because stylistically it like like it felt like its style was kind of like living and moving throughout the show based off of the need of that particular point that particular point in what the story they wanted to tell and like yeah baby that's great that's a great that's a that's a great (laughs) thing to do like you should have that it it requires a lot i imagine of someone's artistic imagination but when you have a a few a huge fucking hbo team and then all of a sudden you're having to in on the one case sort of implot through this very sort of like tragic maudlin but ultimately very affecting love story and then you have to then like okay the like the cordyceps are back and all of a sudden we have extras and with the art department has been like building these sort of like facial constructions oh yeah um and like it, it's just like it's i think i thought it was very artful what they actually managed to like like they really stuck the landing on the type of story they were trying to tell yeah i will say that it's nice special feather <laughs> nice breath of fresh air yeah. to uh, finally have a show that is purposeful with its CGI. I, I can't get into the plague that's CGI right now, and oh, that's the whole thing, but a um, couple, couple of things, once again, before I forget, just real quick, and Last of Us is special as a video game, mainly because, like we said, it is the first successful attempt at movie and video game. Movie elements and prestige elements in video game. A very notable... Um, and you guys talk about it, uh, you and Kay talk about it on your episode on Last of Us 1, the video game, on the amazing podcast called ACAP. Please check it out, everyone. Um, you talk about uh, David Cage, fuck me, uh, Quantum uh, Quantum Studios, Quantum, Quantum Dream or something, I don't know what it's called, but uh, David Cage, the heavy rain guy, um, oh, Beyond yeah. Two Souls, and he he tried it earlier. In 2008, Heavy Rain came out, I believe. Yeah. It wasn't good. No. Um, it's... it's it's also uh, Christ goofy yeah. ass shit. Heavy rain was. I guess it's a smart. Uh, not saying that. Okay, so I don't necessarily subscribe to these elitist notions, but 
murder thrillers that's 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 not easy to break into in a prestige type of way that's you got your work cut out for you if you want to like go uh shoulder to shoulder or how do you say this um go toe to toe with these uh shoulder shoulder toe to toe i don't care go pick whatever you like um just just no. this combative uh way to to introduce yourself in that in that genre is oof um once again i don't subscribe to the idea that uh thriller and like murder mysteries are necessarily better or whatever but zombie settings are a little bit more forgiving yeah i'm not saying they are less deep by default i'm once again very thoroughly not subscribing um we're still going to have a horror vanguard podcast on this podcast so I'm, I, just, I just have to you know make sure this is not yeah you know, keep it so, yeah that's why i'm here for i'm the, the i'm the, I'm the yeah. diplomat between yeah. i'm hv's diplomat i'm there i do oh, yeah. refer to myself as this like the mascot I'm, I'm this i refer to myself as the itinerant preacher of hv i go <laughs> out and then eventually i just kind of wander back in um oh hell yeah uh like the like harry cruz is the gospel singer which is a it's a really good horror novel um okay but yeah so last of us was as a game was successful in a way that a couple of other games tried to be and promptly failed oh yeah uh horrendously so it is special because of that and once again i i thought it was good um people treated it like the second coming and i was like well i don't know about that but i it's the story is written on the walls and that's fine once again its execution is very competent and very i think emotionally severe once again uh and this is an issue that i have once again this over reliance on pathos because i feel and i'm sorry i'm gonna be pretentious here a little bit but i feel there's a risk at play when we have this over reliance on pathos namely that it can lead as a tool for political disenfranchisement for abducting political meaningfulness sure. from a narrative yeah. And it's it's just uh, it tries it, to desocialize it in this really oh, yeah. like profoundly like alienating to me alienating kind of way. Oh yeah, that like definitely when when like those social can when rather than those social conditions giving rise to the human storytelling, if you will, can be so profoundly good um and intense and intensely meaningful it can build even more like 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 it can it can make it can make you so much more connected to the thing that you're experiencing like the shorthand example that i always use is fucking disco elysium which allowed the conditions of a particular the particular social conditions of a particular time and place in this case an imagined place and an imagined time and imagined conditions, but that are literally informed by Marx and Engels' diagnosis of a particular, the rise of certain conditions under capitalism, and then informed by the history of Europe, especially, told the most, like, beautiful, melancholic, funny, like, it was such a, that game is so fucking funny, and it's not just because yes. it's really well written and it has good jokes, but because like comedy is told by pe- like like when you're like experiencing something funny, you're if, if if it doesn't have some if you're not like figuring out like a way to identify yourself with oh, yeah. or you see understand your place in time. Yeah, in the in the vehicle of the joke, usually through a joke teller. I think about stand-up comedy, right, which is often about mm-hmm. like self-efface can is also about self-effacement as a way of relating to other people in particular. Um 
but like you're only ever like there is so there's so much like hilarious shit out in the world that is socially alienating that you're still you're experiencing humor in that moment because despite not just despite but because of the absence of that human character and so when you rely on like it's trying it's trying to create an emotional connection out of in my opinion if if you desocialize an emotional connection in a particular piece too much place it too far away from a particular state of things in the world then it's always going to veer into exactly basically it's going to it's going to start subtracting from all of that other stuff it's 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 like mm-hmm. a vacuum it just everything starts to collapse into that i so basically i just think you're right um okay thank you. <laughs> like i i just no, no, no. i agree i agree i think that's like i think oftentimes the last of us even the tv show is like overcoming that in a really i think what's good about it often is that i see the transition of one of a way that the world used to be and then a cataclysmic large scale event and then the 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 conversation around memory passing from one world to another to be very moving when placed within the context of these two people who didn't know each other and didn't really ask to be placed to need to rely on one another but that they can use this passage from worlds and communicating across divisions like that to remind themselves what it's like to be needed and to need others um and to be someone that others like rely on and that kind of a thing i find like that's 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 the better way to tell a story that's the better way to tell it oh definitely um you said a bunch of things that i kind of want to get into um it's um yeah, I so I don't know what to do. Uh, like like I was trying to get at, I don't know what to do with the whole. It is too similar to the video game. In points, it might be too similar, and that I'm gonna be I'm gonna cheat here and say that's for you to decide, dear listener. What what to do with that? I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. But what is interesting is what is different about it, and there are three main points that I think is different about it. Namely, episode three. Um, it is different in its lore, its setting. It's a different kind of zombie than the video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said something very captivating about uh, once again go listen to the last of us one episode on a gap please uh kyle said something amazingly engaging and captivating about how it is good horror because it, it is too brief is to be afraid in the world of last of us one and i thought oh yeah that's definitely it they couldn't do that on the tv show right. why because it it obscures the money maker you can't the face you can't yeah you, you cannot yeah. cover <laughs> pedro pascal's face for me personally and no, for me, it means, yeah. yeah, you can't put like you can't put you just you just can't put gas masks on and like I understand like I I understood I, I understood that pretty immediately. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, shit, you can't you know. That is such an interesting, uh, viscerally physical reason to um to change yeah. a thing, and I, I find interesting, but I don't necessarily know what to do with. Just like if I saw Pedro Pascal, I I, I find it very interesting, very captivating. Yeah scientifically one of the most yeah no (laughs) scientifically very very scientifically um strict observationist uh attitude here no um so once again i was kind of uh but i don't know what to do with that once again i find it very interesting this change Uh, i do know what to what to do with it with in world reasoning but not uh from a 
very interesting uh, physical reason to change, other than I want to say it's as good as a reason to change anything. I yeah. do think, I, once again, where to put this pin, I don't know, but I do think it, an adaptation needs to stand on its own somewhat. Mm -hmm. And by changing things, that's the most profound and direct way to do this. That doesn't mean change equals good, but there is a modicum, if you will, of of, of necessity for it, I would say. And uh, yeah, I was very worried about... So I I don't find Troy Baker very handsome man. Uh, I find his voice painfully generic and uh, it's... Yeah, I, I don't know. The guy the guy did try to do NFT so I can be mean-spirited. That's, that's the rule. Um, yeah, come on. It's, it's He had his chance. No, um, so it's... it's um, yeah, no, no, don't get into it. But I, I find him remarkably uninteresting. And it's... But he's very popular because he sounds like generic, tough white guy. Yes. I, I find Nolan North to be a such a more interesting voice actor as well. Mm. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Nathan Drake is also way more handsome than anything no, than Troy Baker has played. Yeah, that's but that's, true. that's besides the point as well. I don't find Joel uh, physic physically engaging, but I do find Pedro Pascal, from a scientific point, very very uh, physically engaging. Yeah, is one of the most naturally charming people we have in, uh, in, in entertainment right now. Yeah, the entertainment I, has figured that out pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, um, too. <laughs> Uh, once again, for a young Leon reading Song of Ice and Fire, uh, Oberon Martel was a very important guy. Yeah. I'm not going to get into why. Uh, if you know, you know. And that's and he him bring Oberon Martel to life in the uh, the uh, up to season four amazing TV show uh, Game of Thrones was very captivating yeah. scientifically as well uh, from media analysis scientific point of view and. It's uh, yeah no it's that was that was very engaging and then when Joel a very bitter person uh, I think very rough uh, uh, emotionally reserved unavailable yeah. uh, and so forth and so on man it was like Pedro Pedro Pascal for him like why 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 would you ever do that but he pulled it off and I think it's very important for him to show his range but that's beside the point I yeah. don't know how to judge actors but I do I was afraid but he pulled it off. Oh, he did he's... so great. He really yeah. like the the Joel character is like such a like a profoundly wounded person, like like an in, an incredibly damaged human being, like who has completely lost his ability to relate to other people, and sees oh, yeah. everything as a sort of day to day transaction as the means for survival. Um, as he was forced to live for a very long time and it's turned him into like this horribly embittered person who again just is like completely anhedonic when it comes to interacting with any person um, besides the people in his most immediate circle who he seemed to press and challenge consistently um, yeah his lack of reconcilement with past leads to this severe yeah. abnegation, if you will, of his character. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I'm sorry, did I interrupt you? My no. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, no, that, I, I do want to get into that. But let's start off on, on, on a positive note uh, first, since, we, since we're talking about science, science, uh, very important science. Right. I did, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, because Kyle already made an amazing video on this. Uh, I will put it in the description for everyone to see, because you need to. Um, it's... Kyle says more in seven minutes than most video essays do in like an hour and a half. Oh. 
I, 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 once again, I like my hour and a half videos when I'm eating, but I don't think they're necessary. And I think it has become a bit, I don't like the word decadent, but I'm drawing a blank on anything else. Yeah. Excessive. 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 It yeah. is. Yeah. That's, that's better. It's way yeah. better. I, I, it's just, just because it's long, people think it's good. And I, no, I can't talk about video essays, but um, it's good. Go, please check out uh, Carl's video on episode three of Last of Us. It's really good. I only cry twice, uh, so it's fine. It's, uh, yeah, oh, but no, that episode, um, and Carl talks a bit about it, and I'm going to echo this entire sentiment. Um, so sorry, Carl, that making you sit through this. Oh, no. <laughs> Affirming the things I've said. No, stop. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it took me, like Carl said in his in that amazing video, it, it took me by surprise. I it, it, it I think it's a very important episode for a couple of reasons. And I'm going to, first, the most simple one, and the most direct one, I would argue is that it subverts this, um, it's this a lot more palatable version of Overlines on Pathos. Mm. It's a, because once again, it's progressive. It's progressive Overlines on Pathos. Yeah. It's at least, it's gay stuff, you know, it's good. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's at least gay. Yeah, uh, that's true. period. Um, so and like on, honestly, gay, not like a not annoyingly, like it, oh, yeah. it's okay. like it's yeah. it's written by a gay man. The show's directed by a gay man. Is uh, showrunner? Uh, uh, is he is the show? Chernobyl? Yeah, he's gay. I believe. Okay, cool. I, I thought didn't know that. I thought so. Now I'm gonna have to. Okay, now I'm gonna fine. have to double check. Just in and uh, while Kyle does that, it's. But yeah, it's it's a, fun, a way I find surprising in a way that and don't necessarily know how to talk about this without getting severely emotional. But it's it's so generous the way Kyle said that as well. I believe uh, it's, it's a very in a way they talk about this is very gay relationship that's very generous and a thing that struck a, a, a visceral, a dangerously emotional chord with me is the way. Uh, once again, it is depicted because they are two guys. They are not mm. discernibly gay from the outside. Like, mm. actually, uh, Bill, I believe his name is Bill. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we went over this. Uh, Bill is, yeah, he looks like he isn't gay. And that's something I've been told quite a lot by queer people, by my fellow queer people. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's, you know, it's, um, uh, when when I visit queer spaces, especially, I often get here like, oh well, you look like you hate crime, get queer people, because I'm six foot six and built like a big shit house, and it's like, and that's that that wasn't funny the first five hundred times I heard it, and it hasn't been funny. Yeah, it fucking sucks. It hurts. It doesn't feel great. No, and to not I, be welcomed, you know, because it takes a sense of like you have to like, I don't think the for the record, I don't think the, uh, Craig Manzin the Chernobyl guy is gay. I think Neil, okay. I think, I think Neil Druck, Druckmann. Is he? I thought, I thought someone involved was actually gay, but I guess maybe. I know he's Jewish. So that's all. He is. I, yeah. I know he's from Tel Aviv. That's all. <laughs> that's all. I know. But, uh, uh, sadly, the, I believe also Zionist, but that's not even. The, uh, um, the approach to the character of Bill is that, at least from the perspective of the TV show, and like he was clearly like in some capacity closeted in the game, oh, as, yeah. uh, in the game as well. But in the TV show, you you get a picture of him before or as sort of things are popping off in terms of the virus and this, or in terms of the cor infectious cordyceps, and um, 
he's he, the, sorry. He, we'll, he, go ahead. Right. Real quick, he then perfectly embodies the show's message of renewal. Like the end of the world has happened, and now I I can emerge. Yeah. I have been submerged so viscerally intensely, both politically and sexually. Yeah. Bill, that is not me. <laughs> Maybe also me. Who knows? But. I hopefully I don't need a zombie apocalypse. But um, <laughs> besides that, he uh, once again he's been dreadfully submerged. Like uh, he is a weirdo with a gats and flag and, and all that. And you're you're very he wears a, a very clear he very clearly wears the trappings of the outcast. And then on top of that, within that space probably of the gats and flag wearing people, mm-hmm. he is also severely unwelcome. So he's like doubly retreated inward. And I think that's like. And th- this is something that's, once again, to get a little bit more meta on it. It's something the show does communicate at another point as well, and I'll get into it. But with Jackson, um, it, it shows this almost um, accidental, dare I say, um, like Ernst Bloch understanding of hope. The ever moving onward of, like, you know, having to seize the future and so forth and so forth. Then not and, yet. Yeah, as and as Block describes, yes. defines it. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much. And it's I'm, it's also very generous that there are communists and Marxists in the show. But to linger a little longer on episode three, it's uh, I just want to say that yeah, it's incredibly generous and and the guy who plays Frank is incredibly handsome as well. So thank you so much for. Oh yeah, uh, the guy from the <laughs> White is. Lotus. The, he's oh, for, he. Nice. I know him as the guy who used to, who got to kiss Scott Bakula in the HBO show <laughs> Looking. Um, oh. which is a show about it's like San Francisco Sex in the City, but a drama, and it was okay. Every yeah. white gay man you know has seen it, <laughs> uh, basically. And like I watched it when it was on, and yeah, Murray, what's his name? Murray Bartlett. Murray Bartlett. If I know, if I can remember it's, an actor's name, he's hot, probably. It's, oh yeah, it's, um. <laughs> It's like you said, like uh, who uh, does like finding a very handsome guy in a hole outside of his garden? Yeah. Like you know, it's like what? Uh... And not only is he like good looking, um, he has the nerve to be like audaciously attractive. Mm-hmm. But indeed, like who? Like oh Christ! If I could have a handsome guy walk into my house and play piano, like I, I am, I'm willing to. <laughs> and that's not even. It's like two, two, two more things, and then I'll, I'll shut up. But um, it's the moment where um, also it, it shows the importance of including sex scenes into stuff. Once again, I don't necessarily hunger or crave sex scenes, but it, it shows the severe importance of sex scenes. We talked about it on with um, Jay from Library of Punk on Velvet Goldmine episode. Mm. It's important to have sex scenes in your stuff uh, for for multiple reasons. I can't go over them again, but the 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 scene between Bill and Frank is is top tier. It's like, perfect. It's so tender. It's yeah. perfect. Like it's, they did such a good it, job with that. And even narratively, it confirms once again how inward, how uh, retreated Bill's sexuality is. Because yeah. once again, he doesn't know what to do, and that's like so beautifully tender. And yeah. especially because uh, all gay people or all queer people like us are treated as sex freaks, which once again, I love my fellow sex freak queers people, but. Yeah. I hate that perception, uh, especially the heteronormative conceptualization of Ex- this. Precisely it's, that, it, yeah. Yeah, it's incredibly corrosive. But uh, uh, the I always decry uh, the effectiveness of one-liners. I always uh, like, vehemently endorse 
processes, but if there's this there's this one very specific scene that that's that's, that's everything. That's amazing. That, and that's when Bill like cooks up like this um, what's it called again? This gourmet, this this uh, fine dining mm. experience for Frank. Yeah, and he says and. They talk about what what the wine to pair with with the steak or whatever, mm-hmm. and he says, "Yeah, I know. I don't look like I know what kind of wine, but I do." And Frank holds his hand and says, "No, yeah, you, you do. do. And that's... You do." Yeah, well, I mean, like it's it, it can't that's... be like it's it's so important to be seen and understood. Oh yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, that episode is about remembering what it's like to be someone who needs somebody else. Um, he needed to be seen for a really, really long oh, time yeah. and wasn't. Um, and then, like, when I, I, wrote, I made a video about it, because it can, uh, those types of feelings can make you so embittered um, that it can make the process of choosing to let other people into your life even more difficult um, as time goes on. But eventually, you remember what it's like, um, and that and that there's like you can, it like I think the words that I use in the video is that you can you can build a fallout shelter inside of a closet. You can build oh yeah, you can build walls in nature. You can build a fallout shelter in the closet. Yeah, and like that was a that was just kind of like my plan but that, that like that episode felt very personal to me because like that was my plan for a long time it's just like okay we're just gonna fortify ourselves in here and then fuck off as far away as possible because that's like it's best for everybody like we'll just, it'll just take care of things that way um but like i found myself being unable to deal with the fact that i needed other people in my life and i wanted to I, I, wa- I wanted to remember what it was like to be able to be in service to somebody, to be completely honest, like as something that I was raised with as this virtue, um, but only within a particular context. And then eventually I was able to learn that, like, no, this is the thing of this is something of my own making. And it actually has a lot to do with gender and sexuality and ca- the, about because it's about caring for other people. Um, and if we can return to some like if we can find it within ourselves to return to some relationship of care and love with others, then they're like that. That's something very profound um, and very healing and very healthy for people at all. Um, and that we're, we live in a society. We don't live in a society Ooh. at the end of the, well, first of all, we live in a society. We live in a society. Yeah. Um, <laughs> second of all, we li- we live we don't live in a society at the end of the world. Like the end of the world is like a, and you know, no one judged me too harshly. Is a rhetorical device. <laughs> it is used right. to further an argument about the condition of human society and what could possibly come in the future. Environmental catastrophe, all of that stuff. But the world is not ended, and so we have, we don't have the apocalyptic event behind us to force our hand and and return to an affinity and care and camaraderie and solidarity when in fact we actually live in a world that is doing everything it can to suppress those ideas in popular consciousness and in the lives of individual people 
we are encouraged to be more and more individualistic and isolated every single day. Um, and so the knowledge that we have of, like, this is why I talk about picket lines and labor organizing and stuff, not just because it's my experience, but I really believe that, like, so much of, like, I, I, I learned about who I am, but when I realized that there are things that I can't do by myself and how who, how can I be the person that someone needs? Um, Definitely. Like how, like who, like what kind of person does that make me, and who does that make me? And it changed everything. And definitely, yeah. I watched that fucking episode of TV, and I'm just like, God damn it! This. (laughs) (laughs) And so I sat down for like, and made that video in about twelve hours. Or wrote it in an evening, and then got up the next day and recorded it, and then edited it together and had it done in a couple of days because of the exact feeling that you were describing, like this moment of recognition um from another person that changes and affects the way that you see yourself yeah Yeah, no it's i suppose what they have and i I use the term end of the world or like the end of society or whatever but what i kind of mean is that they have such a visceral change of material conditions that they no longer can access this uh faux rhetorical device of uh just the way things are Mm -hmm. this is no longer an option for them because things are no longer just the way the good and the bad right and this, is, this has been physically taken away from them. And then we see this multi-pronged approach to what we can do then. We see, I would humbly argue, uh, once again, this more Ernst Bloch type of realization in Jackson. And um, and also a couple of other things that, once again, I'll, I'll get into it, I promise. But this book is, uh, related to the things that are different. And I... Um, yeah, no, I, I just, just as a, as a closing thought, I do think um, the whole Bill and Frank thing is like probably one of my uh, most respectful episodes as well. And like once again, it's it's great. If you do nothing else, you can just watch that episode. I would yeah, that's you. true. You can just you can just watch that episode. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. And but to tap into this 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 realization of the end of the world, there's a very very uh, once again we talked we talked about a little bit already, but. To get into it, we there's there's a shift. There's no longer the breathing. There there's the cordyceps. There's the cordyceps that spreads somehow. I don't know. I like the little intro on episode two where they mm-hmm. talk about an Indonesian university. I believe. Yeah. I believe it was Indonesian. Not quite sure. I think so. Yeah, and the they talk about um, I don't know. It shows like some kind of internationalism that not just white people are affected by this. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, minor thing. Uh, but it it enriches the storytelling so much for me. It does feel a bit like, oh, here's some brown people, okay, and back to the white people. But uh, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What yeah, I mean, you know, at least it, <laughs> at least it has. That's nice. Yeah, there's the, like, and the, at least they're a little more representative of like what a post-apocalyptic United States would look like. In the same way that the game was like, women do things. For example, um, they're vil- <laughs> they're villains, they're good guys, they're ambiguous, they're rad libs. Like of course, of course, of course, the rad libs are like the and by I don't mean rad lib derogatory. Of course, the radical liberals are like led by women and people of color and like right. they this like. Tradcath, this, uh, I mean, waspy maybe yeah. Yeah, there's like, what's her name again? The leader of in the city. Um, oh, oh the actress. I, I know. Oh, she's know, so good in the show. Yeah, as queer she... people, we should, we're supposed to love her, but I've got her name. I'm so sorry, ma'am. It's. Uh... But we like her apparently. I've been told by 
uh, my American queer friends that we love her. I'm sorry to make you do all this Googling, but Melanie, I'm so sorry. it's Melanie Lazinski. Yes. Ka- Kathleen. Yeah, I'm think I think about Kathleen and I think about um the leader of the Fireflies. Oh Christ. Marlene. Yes. I think about Marlene. Um who like I think about the Fireflies a lot actually, and it's a yes. it's a long like I think I may I don't remember anything about any episode of a podcast I've ever recorded, but I may have discussed <laughs> in the episode of Agab what I find so compelling about uh, the fireflies in the last of us is that they're truly are like radical liberals like oh, yeah. in an like in an almost like not classical scare quotes sense but like in a on a very classic sense like they have they have these like like uh like liberty equality fraternity as these like now the critique of that is that they're those, all of those are you know can are those those principles are conditional to particular social conditions there's anti-capitalist critique of this idea um you know it marks as an outgrowth of the liberal enlightenment found ways to sort of like critique liberal enlightenment but like using unto the particular ends of the liberal imagination um which i think is hugely important to the history of the united states and it makes a lot of it makes a lot of sense that those ideas would seek refoundation via a um, consequentialist uh, type of organization like the Fireflies that is, you know, seeks to be like places ideas around freedom and autonomy at the center of their ideology, who's ultimately diverse, um, considering, you know, sort of more contemporary liberalism, which like isn't always successfully that way, but it does sort of preach to those ideals. Um, uh but that is, I said consequentialism. That is that is like now I know like Marxism can be interpreted as consequentialist. Um, that you know the end the, 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 mm. ju- ju- the ends justifying means and you know reigns of terror and yeah, things like that. Yeah, that's the folk materialism. Too. Yeah, yeah. But but at the same time, like that what we know that 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 kind of sort of like pragmatic sense of the world as manifested in liberalism can often it, it's like the 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 sort of like the the watchful gaze of the you know state apparatuses that like that have to that society must defend itself it always in a def- yeah. defensive warlike pot to get a little Foucaultian apologies in a defensive no, no, no. warlike Definitely. position in a sense that like that that war is the posture by which liberal societies and like other human societies have 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 taken and so that the most like like the people who are like most vigorously and excited in a post-apocalyptic sense to refound and defend those particular ideas are probably going to do you eventually they're going to do liberal eugenics like 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 that the end point is always is almost like the end point is like eugenics is like people like in like in in the world of disability in particular like you it's this it's a defensive position to defend society in this like and it, it has a gentle kind affect in the way that it figure out figures out how to you know execute people in the most effective and loving way and equitable way yeah. or whatever I, like that's yeah. really interesting um well, let me skip over the cordyceps then and, and get into because this is not a point that I really wanted to get into because it's a it is 
not necessarily different as in a star contrast or like a subtle change or um, a fundamental change, but it is um, it is attached onto the ideas that were already present, especially if you pick up the notes in the in the uh, Last of Us mm -hmm. game. Um, you can read a lot about that, and um, I didn't do that. But luckily, I have a friend who is a dweeb and does do all those sort of yeah. things because they are on the spectrum, and I love them so much. Thank you so much, Zoe. Um, it's, um, it's so they they spoon fed me uh, once again. They spoon fed me the ex uh, extending story, and the show kind of gets in on that. And it's very interesting that you mentioned uh, these Foucault notions, because and once again, feel free to tell me if I'm fucking wrong here. By the way. It's I read Foucault. I read uh, I read some of Foucault. Alain, that has been a while ago, so I'm so sorry if I do uh, if it don't do it justice. But it's I got podcasting. Here, so it's, it's podcasting. Yeah, we're it's, always it's, right. It's so fun. it's very interesting to me that um, so Ellie, Fedra, and the Fireflies are very interesting, in, and especially the interpolation of the of these relationships, how they uh, contrast to each other, and yeah. how they affect Ellie. And I find it very interesting that the Fireflies then occupy a, a hospital. At the end, and I find it very interesting that Fedra occupies this sort of um, governmental building. This, this, it's a school, but I believe it's a school because they have like this little gym inside. Mm -hmm. But it is turned into this, 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 uh, I don't know, this de facto type uh, government seat. Yeah. And they both, up to a point, exercise this unique, uh, no, hmm, okay. um, I uh, uh, interesting notion of biopower, mm -hmm. and. Mostly, mostly because biopower, the way I understand, and like once again, I read about it a while ago, was mainly the bio focus on biopower was on those who do not uh, adhere to the assumptions or the normalization of certain standards of health, body, whatnot. Yep. Ellie is the inverse of that. Ellie is hyper competent. Ellie mm -hmm. is the more ideal. And once again, to get into the eugenics a bit a little bit, they both want, even though Federer doesn't know what they have in Ellie, they both want. They both occupy once again a school and a hospital, like exercising this institutional power through the like this this <laughs> the drapings of a corpse wrapped around their bodies. It's like this. Yep. It's very interesting notion how uh, once again very symbolic, which I'm normally not necessarily a fan of because once again I think it's a crutch for a lot of mid and sub competence writers. Mm -hmm. But in this case, I find find it fascinating, and I find it interesting that once again. The, the school then tells Ellie, like, hey, you can be great, you can be fine, just adhere, once again, to our notions of normalcy and so forth and so yeah. on. And this, you, uh, this, this very kind killing of this child that is infected, I don't know if you remember that scene, mm -hmm. that's also very, in, in relation to what you said, this, this liberal notion of eugenics. Yeah. And I understand that a child couldn't be, you know, couldn't be left alive, but mm -hmm. still, the way, and don't want to get the drapings of it all, is so interesting and this very shortcut to yeah we can kill it's fine it's uh, we the true inheritors of the american wasteland we as by defined right of continuation we are allowed to do this and i find i find it interesting i don't know if that's uh that's something yes uh, first of all okay. yeah, yeah first of all, yeah that's it that's what bi biopower is is this it's a particular extension it's a it's a mode of power that seeks to reinforce and maintain a particular the the ma reinforce and maintain particularity in social condition so in the case of health for example it's the the like 
it, it's it, it has it has these it, ultimately what it does is biopower functions not necessarily in the as other types of sovereign power have in the in the repression and the submission or destruction of forces but rather the cultivation and ordering of forces from the realm of everyday life from the what is it from the level of life itself is yeah. i think is the word that foucault uses um I think so. and what's so interesting about it within the context of the last of us i think is that you do see like first of all this very clean metaphor of the institutions of the social world several of which that you mentioned that were of such large concern to foucault prisons yeah. schools hospitals, hospitals asylums uh you know like c places of confinement and isolation um and it's almost like the last of us is a world basically in which when the 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 sovereignty of power took a different turn specifically because of this apocalyptic event uh yeah. rather than like like because we're currently dealing with what okay, I'm, I'm gonna be on like four different podcasts talking about the same essay because i've recorded them so close together but it's fine the there's Deleuze's essay postscripts on the society of control is is really short really useful thing that's trying to describe sort of this like next dispensation, if you will, of, you know, not actual dispensation, but this, there's sort of like next place in time <laughs> in history as a, that the way that power is manifesting itself after the um, disciplinary societies that Foucault describes in the 18th and 19th century, as well as in the 20th and into modernity, into contemporary, out of early the early modern period and into our more contemporary period. But that the, the the real issue was that the proliferation of control societies that are very can be very individuating um, and particularizing in a sense that they are cultivating and administering um, uh, notions of freedom and flexibility ultimately on a fixed stable grid. Um, yeah cosplaying authority yeah. yeah yeah and so there's this like it's really interesting how the last of us is able to resituate that i just it just feels like like if if that's the kind of thing that had happened around that time well yeah the there would be the sort of the breaking away of certain social institutions the rising of like soft and hard power and various collecting and settling in various places mm -hmm. where humans are the sort of like large institutions would come in and use military use might and power in particular yeah. to suppress submit and destroy but how also there are there's always this sort of like glimpse of the sovereignty and the at the level of life and how yeah. that it like the how in the refoundation of liberal principles there are, you know, sort of like demands of, you know, freedom um, while still like displaying the like resonances of the sovereignty of power um, in like 
And I think eugenics is uh, is the way that that sort of manifests itself. Oh, yeah. Like, man, they did a good job. But they, I'm like, yeah, I think that's right. You, they, like, <laughs> the game and the show. I'm like, yeah, you nailed that. I think that's that's a lot of that's very close to how it would go. Yeah, no, I I think it's interesting then that once again, this it is all centered around this uh, catalyst. Once again, this this whole uh, apocalypse that's having the zombies that are emerging, and once again, I think every element then is a multi-pronged approach to that on a both sociological and psychological level we experience the consequences for joel and ellie on a psychological level and they are both subjected to the sociological level of once again uh, fedra and fireflies and i, I have a slightly more sim- sim- simplistic take but nevertheless i think I'm, I think I'm right when i say that uh fedra could never be anything mainly because the argument is then to seize future mm-hmm. it is not to revert or reinvent or whatever it's it's that's gone that's gone mm-hmm. and then that 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 notion alone i can do a whole podcast about that or i can do a whole episode on that kind of have to gloss over that i'm so sorry but this uh Fedra can never be anything because it is so addicted to the past and then i think the show very subtly but not very robustly sadly because once again the personal plot of joel and ellie takes um uh, it supersedes that this mm-hmm. and this development um but maybe it's going to be explored in the second season i don't know but the fireflies then there's a sort of critique of the fireflies, namely that the fireflies are not they they lack like a robust sense of ethics. So once again, I agree with what you said. It is just their main ethics, in my humble opinion, is not Fedra. That that's that's it. Yeah. It's like and this, sadly, I think, and I don't wanna come for anyone, I'm not criticizing anyone, but this is what I feel I feel always a slight frustration when people say like, I don't know what I am, but I'm anti capitalist and I'm anti fascist. I'm like I, that's fine. I'm not. Uh, I'm not criticizing anyone. Trust, but it's that's not enough. I think. Sadly, I wish it was enough for you. And and once again, I'm not coming this from this some kind of like bullying or intellectual bullying. And that's yeah. not where I'm coming from. But it's just sadly, I think that's not enough. And no, you don't even. What the fireflies are doing? You don't even need a program. Like you don't have to be programmatic in like your opposition to capitalism. But yes, I think that's absolutely that's absolutely true. There's a. Um, a necessi- there's a necessity to like ground your politics in a sense of like in some sort of like sense of meaning whether that's done in the case of like the fireflies is done from this like in this intensely oppositional uh but profoundly ide- ideological like sense of how the world should be or yeah. if it's Re- it reminds me of anti-Trump liberals a little bit. Sure, yeah, like this. Yeah. There, there, there's you can you can you can see in the whispers of it this like um, desire to sort of like to, to like you, you can you can see in it glimpses and of other things, um, but at the end of the day, it's just a, it's a, it's a purely it's it's defiant. It's it's de, it's even it's it's defined by its defiance but still <laughs> limited by that same defiance. It's not a it's not about it's not it's not actually oppositional. Like it's it's like yeah. it's it's just not. And that's it, interesting cuz it's um fireflies don't seem interested in any kind of like philosophical morality as well mm-hmm. other than once again not federal. That that's their only thing and I can totally see that once again you respond on because I can totally see fireflies happening as a group of people that wants to do not Fedra and is afraid of intersectionality. Is afraid mm-hmm. of like 
um, like factionality within their within the fireflies, mm. and thus do does not commit to like uh, it reminds me of certain pseudo leftist parties in certain political systems in Europe that are like no no we're not leftist to like you know uh, to pander to uh, right wing mm. people. But we are um, communalists, I guess, Shrug. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. That's, uh, reminds me a bit of that. But another thing, and I wonder what you think then about the, the major shift. Like, the uh, you no longer have to, like, breathing is fine now, but it's, it's global warming. It's uh, global warming that caused the forceps. How do we then configure this? Once again, climate change. Uh, the guy from Chernobyl—you just googled him. I forgot his name, but the guy from who did Chernobyl um, also made Chernobyl a climate change thing. Uh, mm. With world leaders not paying attention and catastrophe uh, happening, happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that interesting, but I don't know how to configure it necessarily in the setting of Last of Us. Yeah, it doesn't like. I mean. Yeah, I think I guess what's useful is that it can you can configure that. I mean, you know, and I think these days it's so easy, and maybe that says something about the you know pending ecological the changes that come from pending ecological catastrophe. But like, I think it, I think it goes with I think it goes without saying, which is a problem. People have pointed this out, like, yeah, and that's absolutely true. It is a problem that this it's a crisis without like a crisis it's a but i think to that point like i'm sure there are more discerning people who have been able to map a a a beautiful ecological like reading onto the last of us but Mm. i think it's so concerned with other things um yeah like like so concerned like it doesn't it didn't it didn't Honestly, it doesn't register to me that much besides as this sort of like ecology as this passive participate participant in the proliferation of this emergency or whatever. Like it's all social. Yes, I, I, I think so as well. Like it's mainly, once again, I think it's a stage for what comes after. Is Ironically, despite its perceived um, ecological uh, climate change narrative, it is not necessarily that interested in it. It accepts it as a de facto reality and is only interested in exploring what comes after. Yeah. I I don't necessarily know what to do with that, mainly because climate change narratives are very trite, I feel. And not not per, per default, but how it has been portrayed and treated within me. Yeah. I think it has been yeah. done utterly poorly and very I, lackluster. Oh, I agree. I yeah. definitely agree. I don't think it's... It then abused the cordyceps with this retributive property. But that is then subverted by the exploration of what comes after. Yeah, I think it it is interesting because once again, it removes this sense of that you so wonderfully analyzed from the game that to brief is to be afraid and that's good horror and I agree. I then we no longer have to be afraid because once again the cordyceps are already already here and we don't longer like we have to be afraid of them in an immediate physical sense. Yeah, but we already lost primacy of the world. We share it now with the cordyceps monsters. Um, we have already been punished, and, and now what? Mm. And I think that's the most fundamental question the show asks, especially, um, and I, once again, I'm perplexed that this made it in, uh, to finally talk about the Jackson, uh, if you want. Sure. <laughs> the, the Jackson, because um, once again, I as, as a non-American, what I know about Jackson is that it's a playground for billionaires, 
And I found it very beautifully ironic to, like, you know, engage with Jackson in a, a very, re- well, a literal reconstitution of Jackson. Like, like Wyoming? Well, yeah, I yeah. understand that, like, the a lot of people are, like, literally being driven out, out of Jackson right now. Yeah, well, that's... By... So, the, so there's this, like... And it's a big point of tension in the, like, other properties, this sort of, like, Western resurgence that's happened that centers largely around the work of Taylor Sheridan, but that also is has, like, sort of bled over into other properties as well. Um, on, like, it, honestly, even Jordan Peele, I think, in Nope, is exploring oh, yeah. some of these, like, frontier ideas um that i found really interesting but like there's this like sense of invasion that's happening in places like montana to where like real estate is getting it ha- it, 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 it like much in the same way of my home state of florida where cert- a, a like lenience on like things like state income tax has created incentives for the billionaire class to come and do like all perform to buy up as much property and as much production as they can and start just doing whatever the and like doing with weird capitalism experiments whatever those fucking people do while going out and yeah while going outside and fly fishing and talking about how like modern and enlightened but also back to nature and gritty and manly or whatever they are um, it's, it's this deeply coastal elitist perceptive that's yeah. pushed that the Midwest is a filled economic region and therefore it is allowed to be auctioned off because uh, yeah. free markets sacrificed on the altar of economics and so forth and so on. It's, yeah, th- th- at least that's the sense that I get. I might be wrong about that. But. Yeah, well, I mean, that's I think that's generally how it is. Like now, a lot of like there's a reason why the manifest manifestation of the response to this is often very is like filled with reactionary ideology is because a lot of the people who don't like what they're doing, like who don't like this kind of a thing are like come from like the history of ranching in the United States. And like, it's not a good, like TLDR is not a good industry. (laughs) Like like those people fucking suck too. Like they're awful people, but it's interesting to recast them as heroes considering that like it, it, it cuts it like, there is there is a critique of capitalism in these reactionary critiques, even from people like the Bundy family, who are not good people, like no. and who I don't no. agree with, or whatever. But they do end up, they have diagnosed because they have eyes and ears, and they're actually <laughs> in they're in industry. They have seen yeah. the transition from certain types of production or certain types of like in their case like you know animal husbandry and agriculture and stuff like that changes in the industry that have directly affected the way that they do business and they have seen the shifts in they've seen the like the the shift toward technology and the center on silicon valley and like this type of billionaire class as obviously not just an affront to their way of life because people are you know like, but like they, they've managed to package all of that together in this like the, basically that the United States is such a fan, foundationally like like weird libertarian place that they can you can find nestled in a critique of one way of doing business like the like radical refoundation of something that's like so fucking stupid <laughs> that's just not a yeah. good like, that's not a, that's not a good or healthy thing for a society like it just it's really 
No, go ahead. Okay, sorry. It's really interesting then that the show very subtly tries to understand or seemingly understands that billionaires are purposefully engineering this democratic backsliding into fascism. And I, once again, because they know that they cannot survive in a democratic society because their business practices are going to be so unethical that, you know, uh, eventually people are going to get on, even the non-leftists. And they're, gonna, they're not going to be able to survive in a democratic situation. Mm-hmm. So they have an invested interest in a preserving themselves in a very physical way, which is realized in Jackson and, and Montana, what we have been talking about. Mm. And also, like, once again, uh, engineering this, 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 like, at least at the beginning, quasi-fascistic situation that we're in right now. And I think that's, once again, this bit of a cold take from, from my fellow leftists, but I think it's important to say nonetheless. Because mm. uh, everyone is like, yeah, we know. And they're like, okay, I'm very happy, actually. But it, yeah, it's it's interesting that the show wants to play with that. And the fact that they are allowed to be called communists mm-hmm. is wild to me. That's, and I'm sorry, that they are allowed to be called communists and good. And yeah. I love the social media outrage on that. Like, uh, actually, there's a communism. Communism doesn't work. Uh, actually, communism is... Uh, <laughs> very specific thing. Very, so, like, people are so entitled to their own definition of it, which, like, I understand that, like, people have, like, like theoretical positions and like that they like yeah i've read i yeah yes i've also read too much contemporary theory and like anything after like yes i've also read too much german idealism like it's just like (laughs) as you should as exactly uh (laughs) it's 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 so much more interesting to me to imagines like okay let's imagine that these people in this time and in this place are uh are people are calling themselves that why are they why the fuck are they calling themselves that why are you not at, like why is not the more interesting question it's just like ooh, someone's calling themselves a communist let's yeah. see like you know i mean it's not like i mean sometimes people are calling themselves some radical ideology like they call themselves anarchists and then they just really are into cryptocurrency so like <laughs> touche i get it yeah, like anarcho-capitalist words it's, it's are wor- yeah well i mean yeah and those people are ridiculous but like <laughs> yes. yeah at least you can get to that conclusion pretty quick quickly you see this sort of like this uh um almost syndicalist like form of like self self governance um that like like ha- that has to pl- that that's what's interesting is how they have to place such an emphasis on self defense and preservation and they have to be very exclusive considering like the way that the world works yeah. but at the same time like you know ooh there could be like we don't see enough of it but like there could be there could be a f- yeah. an interesting critique in there I'm sure there are people from within this society criticizing this society um, for what it is oh, yeah. or what it could be or that sort of a thing, but like that's what's it's it seems like it's it's always a show and it, it's a game series with something of an active imagination that's not just constantly regurgitating the same thematic like interplay over like that we've seen in so much property before. It like takes an episode to like at least introduce you to a world where people are calling themselves that. Um, and that was very interesting to me. Yeah. yeah and aren't, yeah, and aren't like, aren't yeah. foaming at the mouth, you know, like, or like, you know, have good ideas, but then turn into murders because, uh, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. And which is what Disney always does with all their characters and villains and so forth. And so on it's, yeah. So like two things are very interesting to me is, um, 
uh, to talk about another video of you, the, uh, I will put it in the link as well, uh, in the description as well, the amazing series of profound, uh, profane illuminations. Um, you start off with this beautiful quote of, once again, Bloch, uh, about like, the truth of history is therefore not an abstraction, but the ongoing process of the emergence of the concrete and the growing together of contingency into necessity. And I'm like, that's Jackson, up to a point, if, mm-hmm. if I'm very generous, if I'm, if I'm allowed to be generous yeah. for two seconds here. And yeah, because once again, we, we ne- it's we an hour of TV. Like. Yeah. <laughs> We never get like a positive, uh, you know, interpretation of any left anything leftist, to be honest. Yeah. And it's too bad that the, the end of the world needed to happen, but then it is, <laughs> which I, I don't know. Once again, I can be critical of, but I don't get to be. Once again, this is such a rare opportunity, so I'm just going to be positive for two seconds here. And it's once again this uh, notion. Um, and shout out to once again the amazing uh, literate guy John uh, for his little, uh, not little, sorry. Uh, when I say little, it's affectionate for everyone listening. I'm so sorry. But his amazing Patreon, uh, he wrote a couple amazing pieces on Bloch. And uh, I could, like, I, once again, I read Bloch, but once again, that's a while ago. So reading that before this episode was tremendously helpful. So once again, thank you so much, John. You're amazing. He's, gonna put, um, he's putting out a book that's all, uh, it's a yes. primer on Bloch. And it's going to be very good. Yes. Uh, once again, subscribe to that man's Patreon. It's worth it. I promise you. It really is. It's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Um, or at least for Horror Vanguard or one of those things. By doing that, he talked a bit about like how Bloch feels that it is a Marxist responsibility to be the one who looks beyond the mere appearance of reality to mm-hmm. accept and take on its incompleteness. Right. And I think that's what happens with Jackson. It doesn't allow that, you know, that it, it, as Larry said earlier, it's to strip away this fallacy of just the way things are and that that, that is a very bad way to look at history. And they and, and they generate new ways of reading our present from uh, from here from here on out and building a shared process of concrete utopia and i think that's amazing and so generous once again uh, the gays and marxists are winning in this series for two that's why we don't see them much because where joel and eddie going are it's not great <laughs> but it's the only excuse i'm willing to accept but um yeah um anyway so thank you so much john uh, I, I quoted a little bit about the Marxist stuff is from directly from his Patreon, and please go subscribe. Uh, but I, I read it, and I was like, yes, I agree one on one, and I was like, I'm not going to rewrite it. I'm just going to be honest and say that's how he wrote it, because uh, I couldn't do it better. So I'm just going to uh, yeah. be honest and say, yeah. so sorry, John, if that bugs you, but uh, it's uh, no. Just want to. Uh, <laughs> My boy likes to be cited. He is. Okay. He is <laughs> so well, he'll in that case, you're that. fucking welcome, John. Uh, John. <laughs> <laughs> you should thank me now. Um, so yeah, real quick then. Two minor things, and then I'll let you go. I'm so sorry. No, of um, Okay. So I, once again, as a non-Christian, that is very interested in faith and how faith is depicted. In the games, I think faith is uh, very not politicized, just like always a narrative, and the show is great for repoliticizing a bunch of things, even though not ideally. But um, there's interesting uh, vapidness to how faith is depicted. It's always crazy zealots. It's not. It's nothing good. Mm-hmm. And in this case, we have a purposefully re-Christianization of a non-Christian character, I believe, in a video game, namely Dave, who has this. And I was wondering what you think about that. I would argue that it is some kind of vapid critique on Christian relational ontology. I don't know how familiar you are with that concept, or how if you want to weigh in on that. Or well, I mean, I I can I I don't know if there's a particular school of thought that i'm missing i can oh it's political science i'm so sorry i can extract from yeah those words (laughs) words. ontology you know but no please enlighten me Uh, i'm not that familiar with it but it's like essentially 
it is this uh, way that I think is that is generated when you refuse to engage with Marxism in a meaningful way. <laughs> it is essentially like kind of like a bad version of what we talked about. Um, I am because we are. It's kind of like a very rudimentary way to how, what we said about community and driving mm-hmm. meaningfulness from that. But the way I view Christian relational ontology is that you're throughout your relation in the community, Christian community, your uh, you as a person, your identity is being formed directly through that. But it has to be Christian. It has to be in that Christian community. Um, that is then, you know, because Christians love their communities and community being not an individual level, not a uh, national political level, but the community is something Christians find very important, I think, mm-hmm. or at least political Christians, I would say. Yeah, you well, it's the body. Your... It's the body of Christ. Is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like for like that's that's their pretty, like the body of believers is the like the metaphor of the body is is both is this interesting is the thing that Christianity does in intermixing the those like he's a cannibal. So that's, yeah. that's the whole Christian. <laughs> I mean, like I mean, I think that's I think like that's probably some of the most on the nose. Yeah. stuff in the game as well as in the series they did a good job in the series i think of like telling that story slightly differently because they had to condense a lot of shit um yeah. but i think they did i think they did a pretty good job of it and like yeah i mean i think honestly i think that's i think that's what they were doing was they see this kind of like um insidious forms of like christian belief that um Seek, the man seek, using scripture to like designate roles. Yeah, and to and to like annihilate people, like their sense oh, yeah. of their sense of self, and like, like there's there's forms there's forms of Christian belief that try and affirm that in a really unhealthy way too. But then there's also people who are just cult cult leaders, who oh, yeah. they're just trying to annihilate people's ability to reason. Um, in an effort to control them, uh, and yeah, and sometimes they also eat people. In this case, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like uh, you know, the whole body of Christ is like symbolic cannibalism, and I, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know what to necessarily do with it. But I, I mean, I don't know. It felt more more hard hitting, but it still feels a little bit fabid in a non-religious that religious people are bad. Therefore, which yeah. is sadly. Oh, I go listen to the amazing uh, Days Gone episode for A Gap. That's amazing. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's one, one of my favorites. favorite episodes of all. Yes, it's I. Oh, you couldn't waterboard me to play that game, but you, you guys' reading of that is just kiss amazing. I'm obsessed. I'm still. I still think about that. We have yeah. only there's one game Christian, that we suggested. There's there's one game that we have suggested literally just going back and talking about it again, and it's that one because oh yeah the like weird like. Christo fascist bend, I think at the Mission. end of it really solidified it as a really interesting text that is also getting a movie adaptation, by the way. Really? Uh, oh, Christ. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be. Huh. I have no idea. Well, what, I have no fucking idea. When it comes out, uh, you will hear from me. Oh, so. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm going to watch the shit. I'm going to watch <laughs> the shit out of that. I wish they were making oh. another game with the original crazy director, and I want him to have more access to the internet to tell everyone all the crazy <laughs> shit that he believes. I want oh, I want to just him, I want people to lock him, lock him in a room with the complete DVD collection of Sons of Anarchy and hit <laughs> a computer on which to to write the story for that for another day's gone game. Because, 
boy, if there's if there that that is a game that instead of like that is that is a game that is like obsessed with its own refounding of this really weird perception of the family when the last of us is like yeah yeah it's like it's like refounding the family in this very basic sense but what it's actually doing is often overcoming those relations because you have this like the perception of this paternal relationship but then all of a sudden it, it keeps out of necessity keeps getting violated parentheses yeah. good not bad not in a bad way it keeps getting like disrupted um until all of a sudden you have these people who are growing close to each other in this direction this familial directional way but in unexpected unto unexpected results that i think is very interesting whereas days gone it's just like i miss my i miss my fucking dead wife i love my dead wife so much oh she's not dead of course she's not dead i could tell right away i'm like that, she's not yeah, of dead course. she's obviously not dead well there she is of course oh my god it's my fucking wife i love my fucking wife so much and then i gotta rescue my my wife um just leave me alone i'm a my property i think a partner yeah it, like it's just this like i'm just like this is so interesting because it's so like unapologetically basic in its like impulses it's so funny to yeah. me it's just funny to me honestly a big part of the reason why i liked that is because it's funny it's it's yeah, funny it's hilarious like it's so bad it's like an evil version of the room like it's so bad it's funny to me 100 percent. i love that shit i like i i, I love that shit talking about uh like politics being superseded by other plot elements i um once again, the sociological storytelling, they made an attempt, but sadly, it's a video game. And I would argue that, sadly, therefore, the psychological overlines of pathos, the things that we've been talking about, come, yeah. come to a close. And that is, that's going to be, it's, it's already prophesied because they are adapting. And they're going to adapt faithfully, which is what episode one communicates to you. Mm. Uh, they're going to adapt to the ending as well. And the ending is, I, I, they, 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 like, they kind of, like, tricked me. There was this really interesting di- dialogue that... Um, uh, Joel has with his brother in the show mm. that is like, oh man, I can't because Joel's never weak. Um, he never, he's never weak. He can, he can do it. He's action man. He can. Yeah. He's hyper competent. It doesn't make sense, but he is just Rambo. He can go off, no problem. In a video game, that is. But then he has this tender moment with his brother, where uh, they have this very dysfunctional relationship. Um, <laughs> kind of hope that he was Jewish, uh, but in, but also maybe not. But. Um, he stacks some stones on top of a grave, and I was like, "Hey, that's Jew, Jew stuff." Yes, woo. And then they talk about bacon. I was like, "Ah, fuck." Yeah. Um, not that, as a Jew, you can't eat bacon, or that I place all of importance on kosherness. But generally, as a, a TV guide thing, that you don't do that. But I was yeah. like, "Ah, fuck." Um, but that's fine. Um, but then he has this very tender moment where he's like, "Oh man, I my ears fucked. Uh, this kid almost beat my ass." Like, oh, like they are like, um, they are making him unattractive for people who are addicted to masculinity. Uh, or like this weird, weird quasi-fascistic notion of masculinity that, that once again gamers love so much. There's uh-huh. this this uh, hyper competent man, this power fantasy, this yeah. oh, can do a whole episode on power fantasies in video games. But it's it is an interesting that they like kind of like trick me like oh all are, is he like gonna give up or is he, like just gonna is he gonna die and he's gonna, gonna live? Uh, spoiler alert, I guess. But that's that's a bit late. Um, <laughs> so then to like have this oh I'm kind of weak I'm not so strong enough. And then it's like, JK, lol, actually, I'm John Wick, and I can kill him in the hospital. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, okay. Um, I, I can murder and maim with the best of them, actually. Uh, don't know why I said that to my brother. I don't know. Uh, right. It's just a hallucination. 
so that was so weird to me because that didn't work for me at all. I knew it was going to happen. I, I, I know the show wasn't going to be brave enough to subvert that in any way. Right. But, yeah, I, I guess I've learned to accept that ending. I'm not interested in any particular debate regarding, oh, it's realistic that they could uh, derive the serum or, like, the antidote from Mally. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that's what the game is about or ever has been about. Yeah. Um, what I think, then, is what happens, and then I'll shut up. I'm so sorry. Um, it's that it is no longer about the breathing and the fear of the uh, things in the air, the horror that you describe in the uh, Akeb episode, but it is a different kind of psychological horror. It is a horror then that shows us what uh, a failure, um, how catastrophic a failure is to look inside, to explore this notion of inter, intrapersonal polarities, uh, most profoundly explored once again with the character of Joel. Joel, who through his journey learns and is not interested in learning any particular morality, least of all social morality. Joel is a character that is so ferociously lays siege to his own interpersonal history. He is not at any level interested in achieving the future, but is instead interested in defeating the past. And I, yeah, I guess that's a, Joel in some ways is Fedra, I suppose, in a very personal mm. way. He, he can't move past. He's not interested in uh, moving beyond, but interested in acquiring a new daughter. And once again, by that way, defeating the past. And I think that's such a failure in, I think that's the message of the show. You have to look beyond in what comes after the concrete utopia that you should focus on. And when you don't do that, that's, you know, you feel. And yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I I don't, I don't know exactly how I feel. I think... I, I do think that there's this like dissonance that like the game and the show ex- explores a little bit, but something that I don't think it really gets into particularly because it's leading up to this, like this, you know, it's the the folly of storytelling. It's always leading up to this like moment. And then it like the, the, you know, the, the problem of the sequel when, you know, it's, you got to leave people on a cliffhanger. Um, you have to like, which you know, you know, it says something interesting about if you if you're trying to tell a type of a story that like you're not trying to. Be, I I like I like things that are not trying to be complete. I like things that like subvert your expectations in in agency when watching something. Like for some reason, it made me think of the movie Funny Games, where they literally in funny they literally rewind the movie after justice is about to happen, and then the villains like take grab a remote and rewind the movie and they're just like i can't remember there's a very famous quote that they say but it's basically it's just like you know no no, not everything works out the way that you think or that you want it to um and i think for what they were doing they managed to kind of like you know on the one hand begin to think about like agency i think and sort of the like the impulse to remove agency as a means for, you know, furthering some goal that, or, or, or what you're, what you're perceiving as like a, like I, when I played the last of us, like I wasn't like that, like it was kind of the Ram, the Rambo through the hospital was kind of crazy for sure. Like that's a, like a, it's a very jarring, like, storytelling thing and you know you can tell that's kind of the video game making itself present in the thing yeah uh um 
And I'm like, yeah, of course you have to have a big shootout mission at the end of it or whatever. That's how games, AAA games work now or whatever. But I was never like that. I didn't have much of a problem with Joel. Like, I don't like that Joel lied to Ellie, but I think Joel did the right thing because I don't trust those fucking libs as far as I can oh. throw them. Their, yeah. the, their promise to like, and can you imagine being in that world and having someone saying like, finally finding someone who like can survive this kind of a thing and someone is just like, okay, so it's very important. I need to operate on their brain. You need to let me cut their head yeah. open and poke around inside because this doctor totally can make – he knows how to make a cure from it. Oh, great, Scooter. Tell me more about that. Mm, that sounds so compelling. I'm really convinced. I'm not going to be convinced by anything that anyone fucking says. And particularly, I'm not going to be convinced by anyone – something that someone says to me rather than – looking out for the particular agency like i don't i just you know part part of what took me out of that whole sequence was because from the very beginning i'm just like those people are full of shit so <laughs> yeah, no so i'm I don't skeptical know, but, yeah i mean and i think that skepticism is like important to our like perceiving the way that we're reading the show in the first or the in read the game in the first place you know and there are other people who were probably like well shouldn't she want to like potentially save humanity or whatever and i'm just like yeah. we just watched we i just spent however many hours watching ellie convince themselves that this might even possibly be a good idea all the while expressing so much doubt um and a desire to continue living and making plans for the future with like the only with she finally has a person who was chosen just like okay we have we're going to choose to stay together because it's good for both of us and we give a shit about each other despite all of our emotional baggage right and i'm just like i saw the doubt all throughout the dialogue and the storytelling and so like i don't know i just the ending was like interesting yeah i, I think it it's, yeah. it had to come sorry no. Uh, it, it had to come about because once again this earlier mentioned uh, earlier mention of self abnegation it it couldn't be anything else and also i think Kay uh, in your podcast makes a very good point like imagine you're just like oh okay it's just, it's just yeah. okay roll okay. credits mm -hmm. <laughs> that would crazy be... but then <laughs> from a more traditional storytelling perspective uh, ellie needs to feel righteous retribution towards joel for yeah. her narrative to make sense yeah. Uh, especially in the second games, slight spoiler. I'm so sorry, but it's um, like I mean, if that's a spoiler, then you you are really tone deaf. But yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's um, but yeah, it, it it then kind of needs Joel to be wrong in order for uh, Ellie's feelings to be accessible. And I would say then it's more interesting to look at the element of choice theft that Joel commits for her, mm -hmm. rather than once again. This is why I mean I'm not interested in, in the debate of uh, would the serum have worked or whatnot. I don't think so. I agree with you. I'm highly skeptical about it. But I think narratively and philosophically, it's more interesting to look at that element. Mm -hmm. And I think the show works better than the game in that regard, mainly because of its thorough uh, reconceptualization and repoliticization of its narratives. Uh, that's my that's my little closing thought. And I'll yeah, show good take. Uh, thank, you, thank you so much. So, um, I yeah. <laughs> have to go. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I wanted to end it right here. Do you want to pluck anything real quick before you guys go? Either uh, the, the only, 
uh, NPR called us the only podcast that exists. All gamers are bastards. It's true. Um, uh, is back and better than ever um, with a with a Patreon. Patreon.com slash agabpod. I'll put it in the description. There's bonus content. We got we got agab bonus content now. Every episode we release is going to have an additional like 45 minutes worth of content. And then we have some ideas to do some live streams that will probably be available to everybody, but then we'll archive over on that Patreon. Um, oh, yeah. there's we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about incarceration and games, and we got some really great shit planned. Um, I'm very excited for that. And I guess the only other plug, um, zero books. I don't know because my, because my fucking book's not done yet. Zero books and repeater media um, on YouTube. There's I'm sure and any number of interesting things are up that you could click on and watch, but um up I'm sure by the time this is out, Richard there's an interview with Richard Gilman Opalski that we just did. I recorded it the day that we recorded this. Um that I think is gonna be fucking great and I'd love for people to watch that. So Yeah. Thank thank you so much. Truly. Uh anytime. Yeah. Uh, yes, thanks everyone. And links are in the description that Kyle just mentioned. And take care, and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.